prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Chris Pratt returns to TV with The Terminalist. Plus, a game night preview with the cast of Mr. Malcolm's List. Hey guys, Josh Horowitz here with another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. First of all, yes, I might sound a little bit different today. I'm on location. I have traveled across the country to Los Angeles. I don't have my podcasting equipment with me, so the voice may be a little bit um, not up to our lofty audio standards. Apologies, but you get the gist. Um, We've got a pack show for you today, guys. Um, First thing I want to mention, though, before we get to uh, the main event of Chris Pratt and the game night preview is we have another happy, sad, confused live event coming up very soon in New York City. By the time you hear this, I believe the news will be out, the tickets will be available, so I want to give you guys the heads up. Next week, July 18th at 7 p.m. Monday evening, I will be talking to Taryn Edgerton at the 92nd Street Y. Taron, of course, you know and love from the Kingsman films, from Rocket Man. He is exceptionally talented and charismatic and just a delight to talk to always. I am so thrilled to talk to him on the occasion of his new Apple TV Plus series, Blackbird, which is garnering him huge, great reviews. No surprise, because Taron always is just exceptional in whatever he does. I guarantee this will be a great evening with Mr. Taron Edgerton, one of the most talented young forces in the business right now. Um, Get your tickets right now. If you're in New York, come on out. These events are so much fun. We've done Jeff Goldblum and Sam Hewen and Alexander Skarsgård and Sam Jackson. Um, We get some pretty amazing guests and they're always, just the live atmosphere is always really special. So if you're in New York, if you're in the area, come on out, get your tickets now, July 18th, Monday evening, 7 p.m., 92nd Street Y, me and Taryn Edgerton. Info is in the show notes. Okay, next up on the list of things I want to talk tell you about. Uh, the main event a little bit later on in this episode is a catch-up with Mr. Chris Pratt. I love me some Chris Pratt, I am not going to lie. As I say in the course of the conversation, um, I go way back with Chris. I mean, I've basically been talking to Chris since... Um, the Moneyball days, probably. So he was still on Parks and Rec, and he was starting to like transition in a big way into film. And he is just always, honestly, the, one of the kindest, most decent guys I know in the business. And I'm always thrilled to talk to him. And he's been exceptionally kind to me on and off camera over the years. So this was a nice occasion to catch up with him. He has a new Amazon Prime series, The Terminalist, which is a bit of a change of a pace for him. It is very dramatic material. It is dark. It is gritty. It's kind of a psychological thriller, revenge thriller. Um, kind of got it all. Chris leads an amazing ensemble. Um, everyone from Constance Wu to Taylor Kitsch. And um, well worth checking out. I really enjoyed the show. I binged it, um, and I didn't have to, frankly, and I just got really into it. So um, that's the main event a little bit later. I will say it's a little bit of a shorter conversation than usual for Happy, Sad, Confused, just because of the nature of Chris's crazy schedule. He's got a new kid, etc. Um, so this was all the time we could get with him this time. I will say, though, Chris Pratt's a really busy guy, and I'm very appreciative that he always makes the time. Um, So I wanted to throw in a little extra something for you guys this week. Here's what we have for you. Uh, The first thing you're going to hear after this little introduction 
is a section of the new Game Night episode with the cast of Mr. Malcolm's List. Uh, for those of you that subscribe to the Patreon page, you know the deal. Basically, on Patreon, we offer you the Happy Sad Confused Patreon. We offer you video versions of the podcast, but we also offer you this Game Night series, which I'm very proud of. We often gather uh, casts of movies and TV shows, whether it's Outlander, Once Upon a Time, or Cobra Kai, Killing Eve. Um, and we just have a, a really loose, fun chat, play some games, and uh, it's all available in video form on the Patreon. Um, so I want to give you guys a little taste of this latest episode with this cast, this delightful cast of this great new movie, um, which Mr. Malcolm's List is, I guess it's kind of in the Jane Austen um, realm. It's based on a novel. It is a romantic dramedy, I guess. And the quartet of actors in this are all fantastic. It's Frida Pinto, it's Theo James, it's Zawi Ashton, and it's Shape Dirisu. Um, you probably know some, if not all of them, I guarantee. Maybe Shape is the one you don't know right now. You will know him. This guy has the stuff. He is the Mr. Malcolm of the title. I guarantee big things are ahead for him. Theo, of course, I know from the Divergent films. It was great to catch up with him. Frida Pinto, you know from Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, haven't seen her in forever, but it was great to catch up with her. And Zawi is a bright light in this universe. I, of course, know her uh, mostly through Tom Hiddleston, who, you know, we can now say officially they are uh, having a baby together, so happy for them. So it was great to finally catch up with Zawi um, in a quote-unquote professional form. Um, so what you're going to hear first up is the first, I think we're going to play like the first uh, close to 10 minutes of the, of the uh, Game Night episode. There's a whole lot more on the Patreon page, and of course it's available in video form. But for those of you on the fence, whether you want to subscribe to the Patreon, maybe this will give you a sense of whether you want to get involved or not. All good. No pressure, guys. Um, but it's a little bonus for the podcast listeners out there. Uh, the link to the Patreon is in the show notes. You can also just go to patreon.com slash happy, sad, confused. When you subscribe at the, um, the it's like the middle level, um, you will get access to every single video we've done there um, going all the way back over a year. So tons of game night episodes, tons of video, happy, sad, confused. It's always there for you. So lots of bang for your buck. Okay, so again, Taron Edgerton, next week, Monday night, New York City. Catch us if you can. Later on, uh, my conversation with Chris Pratt. Check out The Terminal List on Amazon Prime. And first up, here is me and the charming, delightful cast of Mr. Malcolm's List. Hi, guys, and welcome to Game Night. I'm here with four of the stars of the delightful new film, Mr. Malcolm's List. It's a movie that made me want to move to the English countryside, buy a cool top hat, and start calling people I don't like namby-pambies. My four <laughs> guests today are not namby-pambies. They are Frida Pinto, Shape Dirisu, Zawi Ashton, and Theo James. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us on. There's not a Namby Pamby in the bunch, at least at least right now. By the end, we'll see if anyone has turned Namby Pamby. Uh, um, congratulations on the film to all of you. Um, and some of you I have long, medium histories with. Some of you I'm meeting for the, the first time. Theo, it's been a minute. It's good to see you, man. You should know my niece, Sadie, is obsessed with you. So if you can be nice to me today, I would really win me some cool points. 
Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. Uh, uh, Zawi, I mean, I, we have people in our orbits that have been uh, subjected to my games. Finally, it's your turn. I hope you're ready for my shenanigans Finally, today. I'm, I'm ready. I feel okay. like I've been able to do some some sneaky prep. <laughs> some research? Okay, good, good enough. And Frida, I haven't seen you in a thousand years. I don't expect you to remember, but you did once... Um, push my head into a toilet in support of some dog millionaire for a sketch. So <laughs> it's it's taken me this long to forgive you, but here, so here you, I am. So you know I'm game for the games now. Exactly. <laughs> Next time and you I tell do. that story, lose the context. Just say that you yeah. put it. <laughs> Wise man, I like you already, Shafe. Uh, big fan of yours. This film was a little bit less stressful than his house. It's a pleasure to meet you, sir. Lovely to meet you as well, man. <laughs> So is this is this a gaming group in the in the context of making this film? Was there any time for whether it's I don't know bowling night wordle comparisons? Um, what what uh, tell me about the it was, yeah. it was deep deep deepest lockdown deepest lockdown um, it was COVID times you know, yeah yes we never, we never saw each other uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but no there was, I mean we didn't play any games particularly other than we played kiss chase right <laughs> just a real super spreader <laughs> the, the perfect game for these times are uh, is, are, are, are you guys competitive generally is anybody in this in this quartet consider yeah Frida you're saying yes you're a competitive okay. person Definitely competitive. I don't like to profess my competitivity uh, uh, in advance, but if you see like my face in deep anguish, you'll know that, that that's right. right. Fair enough, no, fair enough. I actually, I love to lose. What can I say? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's always the perfect person to have in game night then. You always need somebody that's just happy to be there. We know who our Nambi Pambi is. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I do want to talk a little bit about the movie because I, I truly I thought it was delightful. Frida, I know you're an executive producer uh, on this as well. Did you remind your co-stars in this every day that they're there because of you, basically? Uh, not really, <laughs> but I hope you all know that you were there because of me. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it was a really wonderful team effort. Um, and, and really, I feel like Shopee and, and I did the short together. Mm -hmm. So it was right. four years in the making. And every year we thought, we're gonna make the movie this year. We're gonna make the movie this year. Let's keep a full calendar open. And it just wouldn't happen. So when mm -hmm. it finally happened, it was just all of us came in together so excited to get this film finally made, to get it done. And, and I think we're all, I can safely say, we're all super proud of the final product. Mm -hmm. no, as you should be. I wanna talk a little bit. I think I think you all are taken in your respective lives. You have you significant others. Wives? Uh, oh, wives. <laughs> wives, husbands, boyfriends, girlfriends, etc. Um, talk to me though about the dating lives that way back when. How good a dater were you on a scale of one to ten? When you think back to your single days, were they are there are they nightmare stories or was it a generally were you a good uh, single awful. person? Oh, Just awful. <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness me! That world. So bad. I, I'm yeah. really happy to have said goodbye to that world. Let's just put it that way. I was called a serial monogamist, uh, which meant I didn't really get to play the field or do much dating. It's just like, oh, I broke it up with you, and now I'm in another relationship because like, I need that security of somebody loving me. Please, <laughs> love me. I, I definitely. Um, 
I, they sometimes say that the things that you struggle with as a person are the things that you struggle with as an actor as well. Um, just tip for all of you out there. Mm. And flirting is not something I'm good at at all. I really struggle doing it on screen. So actually doing this more romantic kind of tone of film was it was it was tough. It was a chat. It was my new challenge. <laughs> really, I, I never don't really have. Thought about you. I don't you, have flirty skills. You, you're not a natural flirter. I'm either you seem very affair flirty. <laughs> what was your go-to? What was your go-to flirtatious move? What What would you do to try to entice a suitor? I either be like running away or going like, I love you. And that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's just no middle dial. Fair uh, enough. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> so uh, take take a look, take a look at your friend your friend and co-star next to you, and I want you to tell me if they were single, how would you describe the attributes? What are their right. attributes as a as as someone a dateable mate? Um, I love the way you go take first. a look. Dateable. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, so you want us to wingman? You want us to wing yeah, wingman? Exactly. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Good. Oh, so you're gonna? Sorry, so I didn't get this game. So I need Shafa, to sell. You want to sell me yeah. to to someone else? Yeah. yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Are, what are Frida's yeah. attributes that you would say to a friend? Well, I mean, she's clearly gorgeous. <laughs> um, but also, I'd say like she's gonna keep you on your toes. You know, you're not gonna be able to like rest on your laurels with her. She's gonna keep you honest and keep you like entertained. Oh. And uh, she's just gonna look after you. You know, we called her our angel for a reason. Oh, now so you have sweet. to be nice, Frida. Now you have to be nice. I had a kiss. Well, I'll kiss, tell you. Kiss, but, but, kiss, kiss, kiss. No, Theo, Theo, no. <laughs> um, I will say with Shoppe, I was very, um, very charmed by how measured he was in how he expressed um, himself how he expressed the scene that we were in, and I don't mean scene in the sense just the movie, but in any environment that we were in. Um, the thought that he put into every word that came out of his mouth, I thought that was, that's patience for the this century. <laughs> because, you know, people just chat shit these days. And so everything that he said was really measured and thoughtful. And and um, so whoever, if, 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 if he were single, so whoever would kind of get with him, I would say they would have to match his level of intelligence. Excellent. This is a love fest. I love this. Okay, good vibes all around. <laughs> Theo, what do you have to say about your friends, Ali, over there? Oh, <laughs> so much. <laughs> Let it all out. The movie's yeah, done. You can say the truth. Passion. <laughs> Smoking hot babe. <laughs> <laughs> <Rambunctious> bosom. Flowing <laughs> hair. Wow. No, but genuinely, actually, you, are we. And no personality. No, Zoe, we had never met each other properly, like, or we had a little bit, but we didn't know each other well. And we know lots of mutual friends, and uh, you are very instantly warm instantly engaging instantly kind of loving and also you have a vibe of like a, a kind of um like a queen or something like darling come and sit with me and you kind of want to be in your presence and i ended up you know sitting it yes, yeah. i don't know why i'm a lap dog but yeah That's nice <laughs> ever said to me um there you go I love this because I'm actually genuinely a very good matchmaker. Um, so if I did, uh, if I had to sell 
Theo to the, <laughs> the masses. <laughs> I mean, wasn't single. I would say, the, again, as Theo said, we've sort of been in each other's orbit for a while. But what was so great about getting to know him properly is just you're so, he's a very layered person and you present as this like I don't know, but like, very dashing. <laughs> <laughs> dashing twat, right? <laughs> but underneath there is such a genuine quirkiness that honestly I feel like sometimes you're you could be from another era. Like your humour and quirk and um it just I don't know, just really radiant sense of fun. Honesty was, so. I, I think, is one of your absolute top qualities. Obviously, the dark, brooding mm. eyes, mm. the our... eyelashes. Let's <laughs> <laughs> all do our Tinder profile. It's not even Tinder now, is it? It's, there's a way cooler ones, right? There's, there's more exclusive ones. Oh. But also, it's a very it? you know, loving, you know, um, partner. And yes. um, yeah, thank you. Theo, was it tough for you to actually wear clothing in this one after Time Traveler's Wife? Is that is that annoying for you in a project? Was it, that was more annoying, annoying for us that, <laughs> that he actually had clothing on. Contractually anyway. obliged every third, you know, piece of work I do to have one of my butt cheeks out. Right, at least one. How you doing, buddy? My favorite gumper of the year, Chris Pratt. <laughs> How are you, bud? Looking good, man. What you doing? What you like on a new diet or something? You like lean and, and buff? You no, working out? Or no, what? no, no, no. You don't understand. Right below, it just goes straight out, and then th there's a <laughs> box, and then it goes back in. And also, you're getting old. Your eyesight is going. But I appreciate the compliment. Good to see you, man. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, good to see you too. Um, a lot to talk about. We have talked in every conceivable scenario next to giant paper mache noses at award shows. Finally, yep. I have you where great conversation is is made in, in a Zoom box. So this is where we're at. Yeah. In this at this point. Yeah. I, you're right. Here we go. It's like an yes, a new iteration of our ongoing love affair. Yeah, we've spent too much physical time together. That sounded wrong. Um, anyway, moving on. The, <laughs> uh, your show is great. We're going to get to that. I honestly, I binge the whole thing. I'm obsessed. Fantastic. It's great job, man. Awesome. Great, Thanks, dude. Great stuff. Um, but I do want to uh, offer my personal congratulations, of course, on the new addition to the family. Um, Thank you. But I mean, more importantly, you do have a great new show and a pop culture phenomenon in Jurassic <laughs> More World. importantly, that's just a human. Yeah. You know, anyone can, <laughs> any asshole can make a kid. Exactly. I made a TV show. <laughs> yeah. If well, I thank you. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Uh, we're very, very blessed. Catherine is an amazing mother. We've got uh, a new baby. I'm a father of three and I have a girl dad 2.0 i'm very 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 blessed and it's super great and if She's i did i was gonna say if i didn't know you were a good dad already i did listen to another podcast i'm a big fan of smart lists and oh i your your list for jack is i'm obsessed with it's like of course that's your list of course like you like, yes yes a thousand percent <laughs> peewee's big adventure and red dawn should be on the same list of course it is <laughs> <laughs> we i went through it we we did it oh i was gonna ask so it trip. happened so just for context yes. you took jack on uh, like um, a trip 10 days uh just you and him and yeah camping yeah. yeah and we did everything that was on the list but included uh, uh watching or attempting to watch a movie a night we didn't end up quite doing that because we get a little exhausted but we ended up watching a handful of movies and it was interesting to see what he loved and what he didn't love tell me yeah okay uh dumb and dumber not a fan 
Wow. Austin Powers loved it. Big loved it. Good. Um, Meatballs. He said it's the worst movie he's ever seen. Um, he's like, Dad, I don't know what you were thinking. That movie sucks. And I was like, What? It's Meatballs. It's so good. Um, he thought that was bad. Um, we watched, and then what was the other one that we watched? He he thought was pretty. Oh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. He watched the whole thing. Nice. I fell asleep. He watched the whole thing. Um, and what was? I think there might have been one. Did he get to one. Red Dawn or or Toy Soldiers? We Did- never got to Red Dawn. We never got to Red Dawn. That's, that's a, coming. That's a rite of passage. That's- I remember taping Red Dawn free HBO weekend, and I watched that one over and over and over again. Obsessed. To be honest with you, I'm a little. What I failed to recognize a threat that I failed to recognize was the fact that he would point out that perhaps some of these don't hold up as well. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, this is why the children uh, are our future to point these things out to us. Dumb old. I know. <laughs> I was like, do I want to show? Oh, first blood. I showed him first blood. He didn't like it. Really? He's like, this is kind of, he's more of a Rambo three there, guy. He, he goes, goes straight is there to anything, me. <laughs> is there anything funny? It's like, He's just kind of having flashbacks of a horrible war and like he's on the run. I want something funny, dad. I was like, oh, that's fair enough. So I'm afraid with Red Dawn, he's going to be like, this is, yeah. I don't, I don't, it's just a different time. I don't know. So I love First Blood. It's so good. Not only is it just a great movie, but it totally nostalgic as well. So yeah. I don't know. I'm more of a Rambo First Blood Part Two kind of guy. I I, I mean, oh, is that right? First Blood's more hardcore, more like it's it's a little more gritty and realistic and, and Rambo yeah. is pure 80s um yeah purees purees but you have lots given, of oil yes <laughs> you have given me a good segue because uh, look uh, I'll be, i'm gonna be honest with you we have we're, we're honest on our relationship now you know at this point i'm a busy guy i was like okay I'm, I'm gonna watch the first couple episodes of the terminal list that's enough for this conversation we're gonna be fine sucked right sucked in watched all eight, you- like basically binged it i was obsessed um that's awesome man thank you it's great so this one i mean we were just talking about a few films like this it's kind of an interesting blend of different genres and different films it kind of starts off conspiracy theory uh kind of a paranoid thriller kind of thing um without ruining anything we kind of go a little rambo (laughs) as we go um were were these reference points as you developed this is obviously based on a best-selling book but were these reference points as you kind of fleshed this out uh, yes. Yes. Uh, the reference points that we had, like, okay, you're right. It, it's really an ode to the thriller genre, but it does sort of weave in and out the type of subgenre for like psychological thriller to start off. Right. So we're like a little bit of Jacob's ladder, a little bit of memento. Um, so, you know, and then like, like w- with, with action of Sicario and then, and then it sort of something happens in the middle and it becomes a bit more of a conspiracy uh thriller which has like three days of the condor or like sort of like the trade craft of a, of a spy game or something like that and then it fuses into like more of a revenge thriller that's going to be like more taken or more first blood not that that's a revenge thriller but like yeah yeah you know it has a sort of ode to first blood in one of the episodes and so like you know uh, it, it it really kind of goes in between those things as it ratchets forward you can't we couldn't really keep the psychological thriller going the entire time because there's a revelation that you have about that sort of justifies the, his his uh lack of re- reliability as a of, as a narrator of his own story like his conflicting memories of what's happened on his op we understand why that's happening and so 
and to and to give a little context for the opening, I don't think it reveals too much to say this is this is a, a seal, um, James Reese, uh, who uh, yeah, in the first like ten minutes, I mean, again, a reference yeah. point. I was reminded of like watching Aliens. Maybe that's a weird reference point, but do you remember like when that op goes so bad in Aliens and it just yes. every it just it's like a nightmare. It was like yes. oh, I'm having flashbacks to that. Basically, a really bad situation um, that colors the rest of the story and this guy is haunted by that and there are reasons for him to be haunted by for a variety of reasons um yes and and this is this is a character look if you want your everyone waiting for chris pratt to do more lols you're gonna have to wait one more time sorry guys this is not the comedy um right no but but this is i mean is it is it an exciting challenge for you at this point to kind of like go straight hardcore action thriller drama psychological weighty stuff is this does this flex some different well, muscles well for it's, you? Cer it's, cer it's certainly a challenge it's like something new for me you know and i think like one of the challenges that i have is sort of audience expectations right. like if this is the first thing anyone ever saw me do they'd be like wow that's the guy that does psychological dramas right. and thrillers yeah. you know what i mean but they're like eh, he wasn't he the, the guy from the lego movie <laughs> like you know what i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so i think there's a certain amount of baggage that people will come into having seen some of my previous work. Sure. Uh, and so, you know, I ask you to leave that at the door and just kind of take the journey for what it is. Um, it, it was definitely a challenge in that regard. It, it's different for me. It's something that's unlike anything I've done before. And uh, an additional challenge of really, really producing this thing and, right. and you know, optioning the book and, and shopping it around town and finding a showrunner and hearing pitches and, you know, polishing drafts and overseeing the writing and then being there on set and filming it. And then in post-production being part of the edit and, you know, all of that stuff that's like new for me uh, in the 20 plus years that I've been doing this, I usually show up when it's time to film or rehearse film. And when they say cut, I'm out. And I'll like, I'll marvel at the fact that I'll go back to a director a year after they said cut. And he's like, yeah, I was just working on another, the movie. And I'm like, you're still working on that. How can you do that? That must be exhausting. And the truth is it is <laughs> It's very hard. Uh, I, I was kind of, I think I took for granted all that went into preparing for the actor's arrival. You know what I sure. mean? Like I always thought that's when the work started, but it's like, Oh no, you're, you're jumping on like mile 19 of the marathon. I would imagine a, a great joy, and you, you guys really excelled in this, is creating the team that helps put this together. And I'm talking about yeah. um, your director in the first episode, the great Antoine Fuqua. When I saw his name at the end, I'm like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, I got, I got it yeah. now. And then the yeah. company of actors, I mean, you've got some of my favorite guys uh, in here. I know you've been doing a lot of press with Taylor Kitsch, who I yep. adore. Um, and I knew, like, I knew when he was cast, I'm like, oh, those guys are going to get along. Like, that's... Oh. I don't know if you did you yes. did you know him before like did it was that just I, I didn't I was a huge fan I mean like yeah. Friday Night Lights was my jam I love Friday Night Lights yeah. and I love you know what he did with Koresh and um obviously was a big fan of, of Lone Survivor and sure. and was like damn that's awesome that he did that and like watching his career and for uh you know losing out on roles a lot you know <laughs> like Taylor Kitsch got that I'm like oh of course he did and so like um I was just a big fan, big fan of this guy for a very long time. We've both been in town together and, and for a, a very long time. And so to get an opportunity to work together was really, really dreamy. I mean, he was like our, our, our go-to guy that we wanted. And when he came on board to play Ben Edwards, he was asking all the right questions, which was like, okay, here's a guy who's going to, who's going to bring so much to this. You know, he's not just going to serve as a script. He's going to be a, do you, do a real you, asset. Do you like the people coming after me in New York city, that New York city ambiance? I, apparently I have like a, uh, they're all oh, coming after me. That you hear that? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, oh, what was it? What, what was it? Know. I missed it. I don't know. It was like, it was like motorcycles. Are you so, in New York City? I'm in New York City. I'm in Midtown. So someone just lost their mind. They're off their meds outside your door? Pretty much. Usually some, it's me, but some, no, this man. time it's someone else. Um, New York City is crazy. It does. I love New York City. Last time I was there, yeah. I was in a cab and I saw someone fall down, have a seizure. I was like, oh my God. And then someone else just like stepped over them and kept walking. I was like, yes, that's the most New York thing I've ever seen in my life. And you didn't even say anything to me when I did that. You just, you still came back and you were still respecting Yeah, I was me. like, I, I was that. like, yeah, I was, yeah. I was like, Josh, I guess you had somewhere you had to go. <laughs> it does seem like you're at a bit, another exciting pivot point in the career. We, we, we are, we're saying goodbye ostensibly to the Jurassic films. We potentially are saying goodbye to Guardians. I don't know, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's the trilogy of films is is over at least with, with James at the helm. Does it feel right. like this is a freeing time or a kind of like, oh, I'm scared shitless because like the security blankets that I knew every like six months or a year to go back to. Oh, no, certainly not the latter. I mean, it does feel very freeing. I mean, you know, people are like, you know, I, I signed a contract 10 years ago yeah. that, that tied me to, these, um, thankfully, I tied myself. If they hadn't tied me, I'd tied myself. I was very happy, happy to be tied to these these trilogies uh, and these franchises. And um, in in ten years ago, I made a total pivot. Like people never thought that I could have played Star Lord. You know, it was like that guy from No, that's never going to happen. And it, and it worked. You know, and so now it feels I'm in that same position. And it's like now I have a little bit more uh, control over the things that I want to do. And so yeah, uh, it'll be a challenge to see if I can navigate these waters. If the expectations that people have of me because of the work that I've done previously are gonna is gonna hinder my ability to go and be believable in a psychological thriller, we'll find out. I, I hope not, you know. And 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 it's a very exciting time for me because yeah. now I feel like I can sit back and do the things that I want to do. I can generate the things that I want to generate, and you know, and I can be home some more too because yeah. I've been gone a lot for the past ten years, and so. You know, it was a big impetus for shooting this show was that it shot in L.A. That was kind of cool to be able to bring something and sleep in my own bed at night. Was was Guardians the last time you auditioned? I. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Like the, the, that, that like that had so much weight on it. And then like an entire career, what, 15, 20 years of just auditioning nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. And then like nonstop over. Never another audition. Yeah, I think that's the last time I auditioned for anything. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I used to, yeah, that is, it is crazy. I never really thought about that. I mean, that was a huge part of my life. In fact, I learned how to audition before I learned how to act. <laughs> like it's a totally different art form, you right, know, right. Going into a room and getting the role and then you show up on set and you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Right. I literally, I know how to audition. But I don't know how to act. <laughs> can you, you put me back in a room that? with a couple people yeah, behind yeah. the desk? And then like, I can what happened it. to that guy? <laughs> what happened to the guy at the audition? I was like, oh, he didn't know how to act. He knew how to audition. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it's a learning curve. But yeah, it, there's there's something that, but there's also, there's as much as it's, and people talk about this, some people hate auditioning. Right. I wasn't one of those people. I really liked it. I really liked it, actually. It gave me purpose, like. It's an opportunity. Okay, so I've heard two, two different weeks. Sides. I have an opportunity. Yeah. I'm going to hyper focus on that opportunity until it's until it comes and goes. Right. Like that's my focus for the rest of for my entire life is around these eight pages of of dialogue. You know. Yeah. But and, and, and so yes, that comes with the re, the imminent rejection of 99 percent of the of the auditions. 
but it also comes with a bit of security once you land the role that you were the right person for that role. Yes, you proved it you to know, yourself and now, to someone else. I'm yep. in a position to where someone would offer me something that I'm not even right for just because I can help them get their movie made. Right. So I might show up on set and be like, why am I doing this role? This role, I'm just not right for me. Yeah. I just, they just gave this to me because I could help them get their movie made. So it's like, in that regard, you, it's, a, it's a bit of a trade-off. So you have to have that discernment to make sure that the, the things you're choosing are right. And uh, so far, I feel like I've made good choices. You um, you wrapped the third Guardians, as far as I know, right? The- yes, we're wrapped. Yeah. So the- I just talked to James on the way here today, and he said he just watched an assembly of it, and it's fucking awesome. When I when I last spoke to him a few months back, he was like describing that as like a tragedy. Like this is gonna like it's making him cry. It's so intense. It's so emotional. I'm a weak man. You know this about me, Chris. Am I gonna cry? I wouldn't call you a weak <laughs> man. Um. Uh, you know, I think it is, it's emotional for sure. I think it's emotional, yeah. but I think that there's been an element of, of emotion to all of the Oh, the end of done. volume two. Come on. The Cat Stevens yeah, kicks two. in. You're like, if you're not crying, you're, yeah. something's wrong with you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yondu's funeral is incredibly yeah. sad. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's more of the same, but it really felt like a machine that was super well oiled. Like everyone was on their A game. Everyone brought it. And the story was so good that it was, it was kind of hard to screw it up. I think a lot of times when you're a little, when the source material is a little unsure, you're doing your best to, to, you know, polish a turd, but man, that thing was, that script was just fantastic. Yeah. Super emotional, really original, weird and dark and funny. It's a, it's a James Gunn just, I feel like he gets better every single movie he makes, you know, and this is, this is, I, I don't know. I think it's fantastic. Is the secret next pivot of your career um, just letting your body go again and just doing voiceover work? Because you've got some high profile ones coming up. You've got Garfield, you've got Super <laughs> yeah. Mario Brothers. Are you just yeah. like, this is the way to do it. I'm going the Will Arnett route. I'm just doing it. I'm... <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I like to do voiceover. It's nice. It keeps me close to LA. It's good work. Yeah. It's not easy work, actually. Like some of them are easy and some of them are really challenging. I think, I don't know what the next pivot is. I think I'm hoping uh, I'm going to lean into this, what we're doing with Terminalist yeah. and see how the world reacts. I had a, I had a great time doing it. It was a mountain of work, but I also really love, uh, I really love comedy. And it's been a while since I feel like I've been able yes. to really let go yes. and do comedy. So maybe there's something, uh, there's something there. Um, we'll just have to, we'll see. You know, I also lo- love the possibility of like, just working with some really prestigious filmmakers. If there was any who would want to cast me in something like that, maybe I don't have to be the lead in something, but yeah. maybe I can just go and, and learn from a, one of the greats in a, in a small part, I'd be willing to do that, you know? And, 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 but, and, and truly most importantly, and I'm not saying this to sound trite, I want to be a good dad. I want yeah. to be home, you know? And, and oftentimes they say, do one for you and one for them. And, you know, the one you do for them is the big studio movie. The one you do for you is the artistically satisfying thing. It's like, I might have to have the one that I do for me be just like not doing a movie yeah. and doing more camping trips and spending time with my daughters and, you know, spending time with my son and stuff like that. So it, it, would, it would be a real asshole person to be responding to be like, I don't know, man, that's, that seems like and you're you know, kind of off. Fuck them. <laughs> what, they what, three people? There's three people. <laughs> You've made a ton of money for Universal. Look me in the eye and tell me Vin Diesel hasn't come to you and said, Join the fast crew, Chris. Come on. Come on. Jurassic, the, 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 the fast and the dinosaurus. 
<laughs> just stupid enough to work. It's just stupid just enough to work. Stupid enough to work. That's the tagline. Um, I have had people bring that up and say, like, does the fast and the Jurassic go together? I'm like, I don't know. Like, can I clear maybe. Up, can I clear up one rumor that I know you've been asked about a lot, and I wasn't even going to mention it because we've talked about it before. But when I was going back into the archives, I did find like two reputable articles back in early 2015. This was Deadline Hollywood. This wasn't like the New York Post. They said Steven Spielberg was really talking to you or thinking about you for something for Indiana Jones. And I was going to let it go, but that seems really real. Did you ever have a conversation with anyone about this in any even loose way? I've I don't even know who Steven Spielberg is. Oh my God, there's something there. There's something there. (laughs) Steven who? No, aren't they doing Indiana Jones with Harrison Ford? Yeah, clearly they are. Here's the thing. Clearly they decide to. All I know is I once saw a quote from Harrison Ford who said that when Harrison, and I don't even know if it was really him, but but it was enough to scare me that he was like, "When, when I die, Indiana Jones dies. And I'm like. Fair enough, right? Is Yeah. You know, am I going to, like, get haunted <laughs> by the ghost of Harrison Ford one day when he dies? If I play, you know, I don't know. I, that's that's not anything that uh, is real, I think. You okay. know, people are capable of making mistakes, even if they're deadline. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go on this just to say, um, I really, I want to say earnestly, you, you've been the nicest guy to me throughout. Like, every single project, since we got to know each other, you make the time. And people don't know how the sausage is made and all this stuff, but, like, you always make the time for little old Josh, for my stupid sketches, for Comedy Central, for MTV, for the podcast. And it, it, it honestly means a ton to me, and I'm always rooting for you, and I'm just, I'm just really happy for you in, in all your pursuits, man. Oh, brother, that, thank you. That means a lot. I'm really, I'm really, that means a lot. And I'm proud of you. It's awesome to see everything you're doing. I'll never... I'll never forget the time that you and I were at some MTV it was mo- thing or MTV some movie awards, MTV yeah. movie awards. Yeah. And we stepped outside to do an interview and they wouldn't let either of us back in. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know who we were. And they're like, thought we were trying to sneak in. I was like, sons of now you're hosting the thing. And you know, now I'm up. It's great. It's great. It's cool to see. It's cool to, to be part of each other's journeys through all these years and to have that continue. So it makes me happy, man. I feel exactly the same way. Congrats on the, on the show, man, and congrats on everything. We'll see you soon. Thanks, dude. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>